Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number. Well, not welcome back, but welcome to episode number thirty-six, and welcome back to the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick. And my name's Antonia. And I am fully refreshed after such a phenomenal weekend in Thailand. Amen. Just a weekend? Oh, well, no, sorry. A week. <laughs> it felt like, it a, felt weekend, like a, week, weekend, a weekend. You know? It felt like a weekend because it went so fast. Um, I'm just gonna jump straight into it. Soon as the school day was over, I went home. I packed my bags and I went straight to the airport in Doha. I flew out to Sri Lanka, which was, you know, a nice eight hour layover because I had time to do that. Um, I explored Negumbo in Sri Lanka, went to a beach there, which was like my first time at an actual beach in like two or three years. Um, I made really good friends with my driver who was like, he was so cool. Um, and he just like showed me around, showed me all the local places. You know, I love shit like that. You know, I'm not like a five-star kind of guy. I like to kind of show up and figure things out and like, you know, do what we do while we can. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. And then I got on a plane and then I got, and then I, and I came back, but I arrived in Bangkok, Thailand. <sighs> and then I spent a couple of days in Phuket, Thailand as well. And then I flew back and spent another 24 hours in Sri Lanka. Um, and I'm, friend, I'm, it just was so wonderful for so many reasons. Like the first reason is that I needed to kind of reward myself with something tangible for the craziest four months of my whole life. <laughs> you deserve. You deserve. Like I deserve to get my ass up. I saved well. I who I spent a lot, but I saved well, and I was able to afford that full week long trip after just a couple of months of salary. Right, so it's just like after such a crazy four months really trying to get out of this like depression this funk like I needed to be on a beach I needed to have the coconut in my hand and I needed to stay in a five-star resort oh you did okay yeah <laughs> Fancy. in Thailand yeah I stayed in a five-star hotel and then a five-star resort I always hear though like <laughs> Thailand is like super cheap though like you can, what you can it get is. for like twenty US dollars in Thailand is just ridiculous as far as accommodation which is, go. Which is why I'm trying to figure out why I spend so much money. But yes, you got like God. that is the absolute. <laughs> I just was like, oh no, like let me upgrade this experience. You know, like I want the speed, I want the speedboat. You know what yourself. I'm saying? Like treat yourself, treat myself. You deserve right? it. Like, I want this flight time. I ain't going to take the cheapest flight time, but I'm going to take this two o'clock flight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I 
I really treated myself like a real king, you know, like for that whole week. I didn't even take my laptop. Good. I don't travel. I well, I didn't take my laptop to Ethiopia. I took an iPad, but it's just like it's nice not to have it because then you can't do anything and you're forced to like find something else to do and be like in touch with your surroundings, right? And do things that are there and you can't use the laptop to kind of escape, I guess, even though like the whole point of the trip is to escape, but you can't escape your your trip by getting on the laptop. I don't know. So good choice. Good choice. Yep. And if in case you didn't notice, I didn't Instagram and I have not been on Twitter. I mean, you texted me and you were like, it was a, a fabulous trip or whatever you said. And I'm like, okay, so he, he's not going to elaborate. I ain't got no pictures. <laughs> yeah, I literally just took the pictures off my camera. Um, it, it was just so much fun. I'll post the pictures when I come back to social media soon. Uh, probably sooner than I planned for. But yeah, friend. It it was interesting not Instagramming, not like being in touch with the world. You know, like I just read my CNN news and my Huffington Post and stuff like that, figure out what y'all going through over there. But the main piece was just to really unplug, really be immersed in the culture, the environment. I met so many new people. I also have a story for you, but we can't get it on this podcast about oh, okay. how I was surrounded by police on a beach but we can talk about that on another day oh okay yeah yikes yeah yep but it was was fun what's the the most interesting thing you ate like are you are you an adventurous eater like did you try something out of the ordinary yeah i definitely had a spoonful of crickets and a whole uh water bug aka like you ever seen like Fear Factor, and they have like those like big ass like. That's the same thing as a roach. You ate a yeah, roach. Yeah, I, I ate a fried roach. Oh, it was wonderful. I'm so sad for and the you. best part was, is I had went out by myself. Disgusting. I went out by myself once, and uh-huh. it was like maybe three in the morning, and I had ran into this black guy from New York, and I was so excited because I'm never like running into black people. That's just not something that happens out here. And so I thought it was a black person, so we're, like, chopping it up. And I was like, bro, you, you got to try the crickets, bro. And he like, uh... No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I don't. You, you know how black people are. And um, long story short, I was I was able to, you know, uh, I was able to convince him to try one cricket. Um, meanwhile, I'm over there. I don't know what I was going through, but I I was like scarfing them down. And I, I don't think it's because I really enjoyed them, but I think I was like, I'm in Thailand. I'm about to try every crazy thing that I can. What's good, you know? That's probably what that was, because that's disgusting. I mean, yeah. I don't want to say that's disgusting because you know that that's something that people may eat, but I no, uh-uh. I think if the it's Lord wanted a, me to, uh-uh. if the Lord no. wanted me to eat crickets, they would be readily available, and I would have been eating them since I was a child. But that was not my circumstance, so. I think it's like Thailand folks who like prey on tourists who don't know any better, who are like, "I'm in a foreign place. I'm going to try foreign things." I don't think like when I went to the traditional Thai spots. There were obviously no crickets on the menu. Oh, yeah. Um, People have, like, (laughs) 
people, I feel like it's something that, like, is available lots of different places. And it, like, I don't want to associate it just with tourism. But, like, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I Like, when you travel, do you, I mean, outside of this trip, do you ever, like, the, go to the touristy spots? Yeah, definitely. I think, um... I definitely think that there's room to stop by, but I kind of like to spend the bulk of my time like with locals doing local things, even though I like stick out like a sore thumb. But Thailand is such a uh, a travel destination, you know, for a lot of people and the airport is banging at all times. So uh, there's just <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of tourism at all you you know just kind of everywhere so I really wasn't upset about that I was just excited about the number of American accents that I was hearing I was excited about oh this is the best part I had you're about to fall out I had a shit ton excuse my language a shit ton of bacon What? I had a why? shit ton of pork bacon. But why? Why? Because there's no pork in the Middle East. But, but, but <laughs> pork. <laughs> and I missed the saltiness of just you break out pork bacon. I did get a little sick. Um, I bet you did. That's but, what you get. But I needed, you know, like I have been eating just chicken and vegetables for like the last like four months. But I was like, damn, I really want some bacon. And I'm tired of eating like beef bacon. You can order bacon here, but it's like beef bacon. And it's like really annoying. You don't want to try never, it. It's yeah. disgusting. It's like, ugh, it's worse than turkey bacon. Turkey bacon is the worst thing on this planet. It tastes like plastic bags. So, yeah, it was great. And now I'm back. <laughs> Every time I think about pork, I think about how pigs don't sweat. Okay, you don't have to ruin it for me. I think it's just about what <laughs> <laughs> what I was missing most, which was bacon. And when I saw it, I said, oh, Gotta have it. Gotta have it. And just the fact that, like, there are fruits that you have never seen, like, oh my goodness. before. Yeah. And it's like, like, that was just, like, phenomenal. I was eating fruit that I had no idea what the name of it was, but it was so good. Kind of also, you know, a big perk of traveling. Like, right now, I'm in love with bananas from India, okay? Only from India. Like, those bananas, oh, Jesus are on a whole nother level. I don't think I can go back to eating like regular bananas like get in the States because the Indian bananas are like so phenomenal. Our fruit, like once you travel, you realize how different our fruit tastes here. Yeah. Like I will not eat mangoes in the U.S. because they don't taste like mangoes. Mm -mm. And I like, I don't, I've had mangoes like straight from, like they're on a tree, right? I feel like I sound so stupid. 
like wherever they grow. Like I, I, there was a guy who picked them. I was like on this beach and he had like, they were clearly freshly picked. And I had those, those were like my first, I, I tried mangoes for the first time in Belize. I had never had a mango before. Like I just always passed them up. Um, and I had them there with salt and that is the only way I'll eat mango. And so when I came back, I wanted mango and I just kept trying to like purchase mango after mango searching for what I had in Belize <laughs> and they don't taste the same and they're mushy and they're not as sweet. And I just, it's a waste of my time and effort to cut a mango in the U S. So I was going to say, it just tastes like our fruit goes through so much just to like yes! to make it to the Struggle plate. Fruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our fruit is definitely struggle because that fruit over there in Thailand just not only was it cheap, but it it was just so fresh everything. It Ugh. makes you realize like how hard it is to make the right choices for your body in the US. Like overseas it's cheaper for you to not buy meat, right? And to eat like vegetables and fruit, but in the right. U.S., it comes at such a high price to eat what your body needs that mm-hmm. it's just like I mean, it's hard for so many of us, which is sad. But I mean, it's the reality of living here, so whatever. Yes, and now um, I am trying to end the school year as soon as possible. I have um, three weeks, two weeks left in April, right? And Ramadan is here. Can't wait for Ramadan. Um, mainly because uh, I think I told you this, but our hours at school are drastically shortened. Uh, so I only work four hours a day, and then uh, two weeks after that, and I'm done. So the grand finale is coming. <laughs> wait, so you're? Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty close. I think I only have four more Mondays. Wow. Now, you're pretty much done. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier to say four Mondays than to, like, count the days. Um. So, yeah. Four Mondays. And I could still technically take two days off of work. And <laughs> we have a four-day weekend coming up for Easter. They don't say it's for Easter, but we all know it's for Easter. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm I'm ready to close this year out. It's been a heck of a year. Ooh, buddy, we'll do that recap soon. Soon, wow. yes, soon. Oh I my! I'm I'm really excited to tell the story of like what happened earlier in the year that like shifted everything for me. But obviously, yeah. I cannot do that until the school year ends. So stay tuned for that, y'all, because that's that's it. It's a hot mess. <laughs> what a year. I keep thinking back to just like how we were on the first episode and the second episode and how just like ecstatic we were about starting school again and what we were going to leave behind and what things we were doing differently and the, just the kind of conversations that we were having and just really how things changed over the course of the year. I this podcast is special and I'm writing a blog post on it now and I'll post it later towards the end of this season or this series or whatever. But this podcast is so special because there's nothing that authentically captures the real uh, story of what it's like to be an American teacher and a black American teacher 
in the United States today. Like, there's no time capsule that really has done what we have done. And so that's why I think this podcast is so, like, outrageously special. I think if people were like, um, if they come across someone who wants to be a teacher and they're black, like, oh, no, go listen to Common Sense Podcast and, you know, follow their From the year. beginning. <laughs> From the beginning. From the and beginning. Let's, let's come back and talk so that you have, like, some exposure to the realities of it. Because, you know, a lot of people go in, like, all idealistic and, like, bright-eyed and doughy and have no no frame of reference for what it could turn out to be. Not to discourage anyone from going into the field, obviously. But, no. yeah. I mean, we've had good news every single week. So, you know, we've definitely struggled through that. But uh, this podcast is special, and I love it. So with that, if you have questions you know where to send them, to www.commonsensepod at gmail.com, or you can visit our website where you can buy merchandise, a nice Common Sense Pod shirt or mug or tote bag or sticker or anything like that at www.commonsensepod.com. Our first question comes from... Our first question comes from Jay in the Midwest. So Jay in the Midwest says, Hi, Antony and Patrick. I wonder. You both are third-year teachers, right? I am as well, though much older than both of you, and am feeling so many similar things to what you've been talking about on the podcast lately. I wonder if there is something about year three, past the initial adrenaline of starting the career, starting to notice different things, school dynamics. What are the cyclical trends over the years of teaching? Are we feeling that? I've also been at multiple schools, as you both have, and that is a little unusual, so maybe that has more to do with it. But slash and for the teachers that are able to stick out long term, what what qualities foster that? On my most jaded days, I feel like many of the long term teachers are okay with continuing bureaucracy and policy without thinking too too critically about them because they accept the trade off of the consistent pay scale and pension after tenure. They also get better at nodding along Mm. to admins' various ideas and then inherently less likely to have actual critical or honest conversations within school spaces because no one feels secure to have those real conversations. Or they know the next new idea slash program will come along any day. And of course, there are exceptions to these observations also. This is not concise at all apologies, but basically thinking along the timeline and phases of an educator's career, who lasts and why? Are certain years more difficult than others as a trend? Might be interesting to hear from people. Thanks so much for your podcast. Not sure how I lasted through year one and two. Jay. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. (laughs) But here we are. No, actually, the first two years were okay. It's the adults really make school much harder than what it truly has to be. But I will say I do not think anyone, and this is a very strong statement, I don't think anyone going into education 2016 and on is going to retire from teaching because the expectations are ridiculous Um, and the expectations for children are ridiculous. I, it makes perfect sense to me why someone 10, 12, 13, 14 years in right now will last and make it to retirement. Like you're closer to being done than than I am, right? But when you think about like how hard it is for teachers going in now, there is no way in hell I could do this for 25 years in a public school system. There's no way. And the way that teachers retire in Texas, like tenure doesn't exist for us. I, I really don't know what tenure is. I didn't really, like I know what 
tenure is in reference to like academia and professors, but tenure for public school teachers, like I have no frame of reference for that in my mind. In Texas, you get a year to year contract. And so you may or may not get a contract, which sucks because if you don't get a contract, you have to mark that on your application for another district. And then people are like hesitant to hire you. Um, but the expectations for for children are wildly developmentally inappropriate. Um, the expectations of teachers, all the paperwork that is only being done just because someone high up says we need it and no one's actually looking at it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like people who went in 10... 12 years ago like they were able to teach children like no child left behind changed everything for the education system um and it's made it a lot less sustainable which is why i think we see teachers striking left and right because people are fed up um so i don't know like i hear well in texas now one in ten teachers leave after the first year um which is not at all surprising. And then they say like half of us leave after year five. Maybe there's new data for year three. I don't know. I think it's just, it's not sustainable. And and, and I'm in the public school system. I have no idea about what private ed looks like, um, any other, you know, structure. Maybe it's more sustainable. Um, although the pay is like 20,000 less in Texas typically. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the people who last are those who've been in it for a while and can see the finish line. Um, and I'm talking in circles now, but I don't see how anyone going in now could retire out of this as it is right now. I think the landscape um, for careers are also different for us millennials, right? Like we are not go to college, get a, get a job and do that job for 30 years anyway kind of people. Um, we are a type of generation that truly values uh, passion and we value doing things that make us truly happy. And we value doing a multitude of things. Uh, we want to not only teach, but we want to write. We want to make movies. Some of us are doing public speaking gigs. Some of us are writing books. Uh, we're doing reporting, hosting parties, like there are so many things that are kind of going on. And I think that there is such a remarkable entrepreneurial spirit that is in the air, um, or should I say a personal branding kind of spirit that's in the air where everybody kind of wants to be their own brand. Um, and I think that we see that happening in the teaching profession a lot with Teachers Pay Teachers, with uh, uh, Instagram and, you know, those teachers who are staying in the profession are doing it because they care about kids, I think. But they're also, many, many of them who are doing it are also because they've made themselves as teachers a, an extra business. And that should also be considered as well. Uh, teaching as it is today is uh, it's a lot harder than what I thought it was when I was three years old, when I was 12 or so, when I was 18 years old, and when I was walking into my first year of teaching at 22. Um, it's not just to make the it's not just the demands on teachers and the demands on students, I think, is. That to me simplifies it, but I think more and more as years goes 
along the profession itself and the people who keep the profession moving do not get the autonomy and respect um, and the creativity that is especially needed to attract and attain the this generation coming that. up. I I have like one last comment on it. Just the idea, and it relates to the idea of how you were saying our generation, like we're not going to pick a job and stay there. I remember my first year, like saying I was ready to find a new school and all of my family members saying, no, you know, no, 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 you need to stay there for a few years and then you can move around. Like you need like to show that you can last somewhere. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I'm not interested in staying here. I'm not happy. I am going to leave. And it didn't make sense to any of them. <laughs> and that's definitely a yeah. difference in the like my mom's generation and our generation like they stuck stuff out because you know like we do we have bills to pay but I can find another way to pay my bills if I'm not happy I'm not I'm not beholden to to your contract and your position that you've given me like there are other options and I think that's really what sets us apart that right. we are very aware of like what makes us happy what gives us joy what brings um what fills us up and if we're gonna have to work right in the system at least let it be somewhere where I don't dread waking up every day showing up to work and you can control that so uh, if you I think if you would have you know caught me in August or September I definitely would have side-eyed a lot of teachers who left the profession um what I would categorize as prematurely uh but I think the system pushes out a lot of talented people more than the people who leave willingly. And and I think that that needs to be interrogated as we kind of move forward. I've been thinking about this a lot as I, you know, figure out what's next for me. Um, but I think if, if our country cares about education, and they see school as a means, as the means of educating its people, then they're going to have to truly make an investment in not only the system and the structure that, that, that upholds those educational values, but the profession that keeps the machine moving. And if they don't make that very intentional, clear, explicit, non-political, bipartisan, whatever kind of investment, then our education system will forever be trashed, not only on a national level, but a, a global level. Because unfortunately, pockets are, you know, pockets of greatness are great to highlight, but they're not, they're not, um, they're, they're just not enough because there's too many kids who are not getting the education that they deserve. And there are too many teachers who are being berated and belittled and in uh, truly uh, disrespected on a variety of levels uh, by this system. And I do agree that there are people who uphold the system for a check, but at what at, at some point we're, we're going to have to say hell no and move forward. I like that you said teachers are being pushed out. That's something similar to um, what Britt said this week. We know exactly. Teachers are not leaving. We're being pushed out because of the system that's being upheld and expectations. And we could go on and on about it. Because it's Monday and we have to get through five days, um, 
The quote is a little more positive than usual. It comes from Mitch Album, who has written several books. I think he yes. wrote like Five People You Mean Heaven, which I loved. Um, Love Mitch. But he says, devote yourself to your community around you. Devote yourself to creating something that gives you purpose and meaning. So whatever that looks like for you, devote yourself to that this week. And you can make it through this yes. week. Yes. And with that being said, I have a really important uh, announcement that I'm not going to announce. <laughs> and I haven't even told you about it yet. But when I tell you, you're going to freak out. We're going to fight. I'm sorry. <laughs> because we got to do what it is that we're passionate about. That's all I'm going to say. Do what it is that you're passionate about. Do what it is that you love. Do all the things that you love and are passionate about. Don't be limited by a system, by an expectation, by a tradition, but truly follow your heart. Um, and as long to, in my opinion, as long as you have dedicated your life to making someone else's life a little bit better than you are right in my book. Yeah, we're definitely fighting, but okay. Oh. <laughs> that was a nice sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said if you have questions please send them to www.commonsensepod.com or you can send them to our email at commonsensepod at gmail.com we hope you guys have a phenomenal week we'll be back next week with a little bit more inspiration as we close out this school year amen, amen. see y'all later Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time. 